Celeste, why is Godzilla screaming so much from the lizard and dragon room of the ship? I don't know, Glicks. I gave him tacos. Perhaps we should discuss a few of his movies with the devoted geeks and that will help calm him down. I mean, maybe? It's worth a shot. What is happening here? Where are we? Glicks, give us a situation report. Currently we are on the planet Geekery. Be warned, our impossibility drive may cause distortions okay. as we traverse this land. Impending impossibility engaging in three, oh gosh. two, oh one. Devoted Geeks are here. Hello, Devoted Geeks, and welcome to ComTalk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions. This is our 70th episode and episode four of Quarantine Series. Dallas is still over on Monster Island with Nathan and Jimmy. And today, because Godzilla won't shut up, we are going to be talking about the legendary Godzilla movies and possibly Shin Godzilla as well. So let's get into this. Those of you who were going to get a little bit meta, we're going to break away from the storyline just a bit. Dallas and I were watching some of the original Godzillas. If you follow our Twitter and our Instagram, you realize that we had not been able to locate our 2014 Godzilla. And it made Dallas really sad because he really enjoys that movie. Turns out it was hiding next to Shin Godzilla. They're both red. <laughs> the boxes are both red. And the Blu-ray is much smaller than everything else. It's just kind of hidden. Um, that and we don't normally put Godzilla on the rack that it was on. We're not sure how it got there. Somebody must have put it there. Um, not realizing that Dallas has an organization system for his movies. We watched that. And that was such an interesting view. Now, for those of you who know, we did our King of the Monsters month probably two, three years ago. We did, went through several of the Godzilla's movies, one of which was the 2014 Godzilla. So if I repeat anything from that, uh, from our review, our podcast, I don't, I think we did podcasts about those as well, then, you know, fresh take, updated. We also have been having problems with our podcast server because we switched from Podcast Garden to Podbean and we are unable to access some of our podcasts. So I'm not sure if the Godzilla podcasts fell into that category. So maybe it's just a, a, a refresher. Maybe you don't have access to that one. Who knows? So real quick, really enjoy the 2014 Legendary Godzilla. Um, Legendary is the company that is doing it. They are a subsidiary of, I think, Sony? Maybe? I don't know. But they were going to do this whole world of legendary monsters. And this 2014 Godzilla was the start of all of that. In that you have now, currently, as of 2020, May 2020, you have Godzilla from 2014. You have Kong, Skull Island. And then you have Godzilla King of the Monsters. Really well done series. Really entertaining not something it's not a bad movie to watch i am not the biggest godzilla fan it is not my favorite thing to do i'm not a big kaiju fan i'm sorry nathan i'm not i just it's not a thing for me i enjoy watching the newer movies because i enjoy the form of storytelling but the older ones are rough to watch it's just not my thing. I do love dinosaurs, though, and dragons. So I'm I'm more willing to accept it. But Dallas is a pretty big kaiju fan. He's not as big as our friend Nathan over at Monster Island, which is where, for quarantine podcasts, we're saying he is. But he 
is more of a fan than I am. He will watch the original Ultraman series. He will watch the original Godzilla movies where they got ridiculous and you can tell it's a rubber suit and he thinks it's fun. I'm like, that's bad. He loves it. So cat's out of the bag. But this 2014 movie, it had some interesting aspects to it. You had the Mudos, you had Godzilla, you had the fact that they're alluding to other lore. There's a ton of Easter eggs in the movie, if you know what to look for. And I always appreciate Easter eggs because it's like a tribute to the people who enjoy these movies, like all of these movies. So, but the interesting thing about this movie is most Godzilla movies, we get the perspective of the people fighting Godzilla. We get the perspective of the government. We get the perspective of everybody but somebody who's just chilling and a giant monster comes through a city and tears things up. In the 2014, you get that. You have a little bit of the military point of view, but it's not from the upper-ups. You have the military point of view from a grunt. Somebody who's just following orders. He just got back from Iraq. It's not a, he is not in charge of anything, but he is integral to the story. You also have his family, his wife's uh, Scarlet Witch <laughs> and child. And so you see from that perspective too, makes for a really great storyline, I think. And one of the reasons that this is one of the ones that I will rewatch on a fairly regular basis. Okay, so fast forward to King of the Monsters. Very different perspective, very different story. Now we're from the perspective of the people who are awakening the monsters, the people who are the anti-establishment, shall we say. They are very against Monarch. You have the things going on with Monarch, whether government is saying that Monarch needs more control more governmental oversight. That's the correct word. And it's, again, it's just a really good story. Like, you don't have as much of the everyday Joe perspective, but it's also not the stereotypical, like in the original from the 30s, 40s. I should have fact-checked that. But you have an intriguing plotline. Somebody who was there in 2014 and is now doing all of this in the midst of all of this. Also, I like Millie Bobby Brown as an actress. I think she does a really good job. That and the fact that she is partially deaf kind of makes her so much cooler. Like, it doesn't because that's horrible that she can't hear well, but at the same time, she doesn't let it stop her. And so that makes her really awesome. Real quick, we are going to put in a a quick shout out to some of our friends. We want you to go check them out and then we will get back and we will discuss Shin Godzilla. Can you hear me now, Jimmy? Excellente. I've been waiting a long time for this. What was that? <sighs> yes, Jimmy, I'll mention you. As you always remind me, I'm contractually obligated to do so. We good? <laughs> All righty then. Let's get this promo started. 
<clears throat> Hello, kaiju lovers! I'm Nathan Marchand, a professional writer and raging nerd. You might remember me from the Kaiju Vision Radio podcast. Well, during my sabbatical to the Monsterland Resort to catch some rays and drink a few blue Hawaiians, I was hired as the curator of the Monster Island Film Vault. So I figured I might as well use the opportunity to make a podcast while I'm at it. I'll critically and academically analyze films from the kaiju and tokusatsu genres, in keeping with my philosophy of film appreciation, and have fun along the way. Each episode will feature members of my rotating roster of guest hosts, chosen from Monster Island's tourists, including John LeMay, Daniel DeManna, Ben Avery, and Nick Hayden. We'll walk through kaiju film history, starting with the granddaddy of all kaiju himself, King Kong! Yes, we'll be chronologically examining the eighth wonder of the world's filmography, culminating with his epic rematch against the King of the Monsters in 2020's Godzilla vs. Kong. Episodes will drop the second and fourth Wednesdays of every month. The first episode each month will be a full-length film discussion with the tourists, where I share these amazing films with both newcomers to the genre and veteran fans. The second will be a mini-sode on a variety of topics, starting with audio essays on classic Toho tokusatsu films. So join me and my intrepid producer, Jimmy from NASA, who miraculously survived the infamous war in space, as we embark on a new giant monster film journey starting September 2019. Check out our website, monsterislandfilmvault.com, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcatchers. The Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. How was that, Jimmy? What do you mean, it stinks? Palms returning to normal stasis in three, two, one. Okay, don't forget to check out those guys. We love them so much. So cool. Anyway, Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla was released shortly after the original legendary Godzilla. I say original. It for this discussion. Original. And it was a Toho production. And it was meant to reboot... The Godzilla verse for Toho. Toho are the people who own the rights to all of Godzilla. Currently, they have, for a time frame, sold the rights to Legendary so that they can do this monster series. But they they made this movie, and it's very political, but very intriguing at the same time. It gives you a very Japanese perspective of Godzilla. Now. This came out in 2016. Japan at the time had had a nuclear plant uh, go critical and had had to deal with that emergency. And so a lot of it is a social commentary on what was going on, what had happened, what people had seen. And if you don't know that, if you don't understand that context, you miss some stuff. You miss some of the ridiculousness of what was going on. Now, Dallas and I just watched this recently and because we both enjoyed this particular rendition. And it was fascinating because you see the government doing things that as of 2020, we have seen the government doing with the COVID stuff, like the reactions and the delays and the things changing almost instantly. The prime minister makes an announcement and then somebody runs up and goes, I'm sorry, and gives him new information. And it completely contradicts what he just said. These are things that we have lived in currently. You also get the more governmental point of view. You don't get the first person running from the monster point of view. You get the, we're trying to figure out how to keep as many people alive as we can 
Now, Japan does not have a military. They have a special forces. I may be saying it wrong. And so some of the stuff is different because you have to understand how Japan works. Japan doesn't have a military part of the deal from World War II when they surrendered. So they're not allowed to have a military. They have to ask the U.S. for help. The U.S. doesn't give help unless there are certain circumstances. And so they deal with all this. So it's a really good look at what the culture is in modern day Japan at that time. It could be very different. I'm not terribly up on my world politics. Probably should be. Just not a thing that I focus on a lot. Also, a very good movie that we recommend. Well, Glicks, did talking about all that help calm Godzilla down? Yes, he seems to be calmer. He is currently swimming in the lake and avoiding smog. Well, yeah, smog's in a nasty mood today as well. Someone stole something from his hoard. We shall have to see if we can find that before he burns everything to the ground again. That was such a pain to clean up. That whole I am fire, I am death is a bit much after a few weeks with the dude. And that is our podcast for today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Calm Talk today. If you have loved this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. So until next time, stay devoted, peace, and love.